Welcome to Embedding the Future of Finance, the podcast about the invisible layer of financial technology that companies use to innovate, drive growth, and most importantly, create better and longer lasting customer relationships. Welcome, everyone. We're back with another episode of Embedding the Future of Finance. Today, we're going to give you guys a crash course in licensing, compliance, and risk management. These are really the nuts and bolts that keep embedded finance programs running sustainably. And, you know, it's a topic that's been getting a lot of attention since the OCC's recent order for Blue Ridge Bank to increase their oversight over their third-party fintech partnerships. Now, what's really interesting about this is that it's really the first time that a regulators publicly put their foot down and demanded more compliance procedures from the embedded finance and banking as a service communities. Now, we look at this as a good thing, right? It's an indicator that embedded finance is maturing as a category, and with maturity comes responsibility. This ruling makes it clear that the next era in embedded finance will have a microscope placed on policies, procedures, and the overall responsibility of an embedded finance program. And this is a topic that's especially important for the publicly traded companies and big brands of the world looking to use embedded finance technology. So with me today to discuss all of this is Jorgen Norgard. Jorgen's Alvier's VP and Global Head of Compliance. Jorgen, thanks for taking the time with me. How's everything going? All is good, Jay. Thank you for having me here. Great, great. So before we get started, we have got a really nice laundry list of things to cover here, but let's let the audience get to know Jorgen a little bit. So talk a little bit about your background, how you got to Alvier, and, and what your team takes care of on a daily basis. Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. So I'm Venezuelan originally. I got to the U.S. back in 2004, trained as a lawyer. And once I got to the U.S., I started working in large financial institutions, work in a couple of them. And then before joining Alvier, I was in a fintech in the remittance space. And then I got invited to join this very exciting adventure of embedded finance. So today, my team is focused on building the compliance regulatory framework for LBR. And what does that mean? It's a focus on developing policies, procedures, standards about how LBR operates as it acts on behalf of our clients. So we will be taking care of all the regulatory requirements on how we treat our users, how we protect our data privacy, as well as how we meet the requirements of the U.S. government and European governments we're going to start operating in terms of financial crimes, money laundering, OFAC, and whatnot. Great. That's a big job. Covers a lot of ground as well. It does. So one thing that I find really interesting is this approach of compliance as a value proposition versus compliance as a cost center. And I think that that's a good place to start. Yes, it's quite a passion for me, having been in the field for many years now. Many companies do see compliance more as a cost center, an expense to be made just to make, you know, happy the regulators that they work with. My experience has told me that compliance is actually an added value to the company as it creates trust with the users, it creates trust with the brands that you really have your business under control and you act in an ethical and legal way. So more than being just a checkbox that, yes, you need to meet these minimum requirements from any regulator, we are going above and beyond, and that helps us make ethical decisions as well. 
So it really articulates in a way that you're adding that safety net for any user who comes to to your business or any brand that comes to work with us. Yeah. A big element of this too is like, we bring all of the compliance related activities in-house. And that's something that where as a brand is looking to launch a program, that's a big decision factor because there is a, a large cost associated with it, right? Yes. And so if you're not working with a fintech provider that has compliance as a value add and treats it as a value proposition, it can become costly and it can also get out of hand quickly as more customers adopt what you have to offer. Absolutely. And if you think about compliance, and I'm going to put your paradox here, you can think about compliance as the brakes on a car. So if you want a Ferrari and you want to go 200 miles an hour, you need really good brakes to go ahead. If you don't have the brakes, you can't even go one mile an hour, you're going to crash. Hmm. So we are those brakes. We're the ones that keep you in the lane and allow you to go even faster. Well, we all love Ferraris, right? <laughs> hey, to each his own. It could be a Porsche too, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> so on this topic comes the introduction of money transmission licenses. So let's talk about what money transmission licenses are and then what it means for a fintech to have money transmission licenses and what they really bring to the table when having a money transmission license. Yes. Yeah. So, Jay, in the U.S., given the way our government is structured, for us to operate within each state, we need to acquire what they call a money transmission license that then allow us to say that we are a money service business. Under this umbrella, there's a wide number of activities you can do. You can be a program manager for prepaid cards. You can do remittals. You can do a ton of different activities. However, this is the big challenge. We need to get a license in each state within the U.S. where we operate. And to do so, you need to prove that you are suitable to get the license. That means you have to prove that you have financially adequate resources, that you have a strong compliance program in place, and that you have a strong executive organization as well set up. So it is a challenge to get the licenses. It's a long journey. When you want to get licenses nationwide, you have to go to each Department of Financial Services in each state to do the applications. Although they're trying to make it uniformed, still each state has its own flavor, has its own focus. And that's where Elvira has been working so hard for the past years to get there. So what does it give us? I think it tells the users, the consumers, and it tells the business that we're dealing with that we, one, are very serious about regulatory responsibilities. Number two, we take ownership of that. And we have to have a continuous oversight of what we do so that we can really pass our annual licensing and our annual exams. Because it's not only that you get the license and then you forget about it. Every year or two years, we may have examiners coming into our offices to go through everything we do in terms of compliance. They will look at our data privacy. They will look at our AML, anti-money laundering programs. They will look at our sanctions programs just to make sure that we're meeting all the U.S. regulatory requirements on this piece. So... It's a test of the organization. It's a test of the maturity if you have as a business. And it does provide a competitive edge compared to another fintech that may not have a license. 
Yeah, that's super interesting. And it kind of segues into the next thing that I want to cover is like, so, so from a client's point of view, right, or a technically a non-financial company that wants to use an embedded finance partner to launch financial products to their customers. What's the relationship look like when you're working with a fintech who has MTLs versus a fintech who doesn't have MTLs? So it's like, imagine any fintech that have, may have a great product. That's fair. They may have a good product to offer to a brand. But without a compliance program, without a licensing program on top, it's literally a fly-by-night sort of adventure. They're going to come, and if they fail, the brand is the one ending holding up the bag. That's where the risk is going to be. That brand is going to take all of the risk that that new product or service is giving them. It's not going to be like we, in Alvier, we share that risk. We own the licenses, so we know what the risks are, and we have the controls in place to mitigate those risks as well. That's a huge differentiator. I mean, it's like, it's very easy to come and say, easy, quote unquote, come and connect with an API call, and now you have this fantastic platform behind you. Uh-huh. What about the risks? What are the AML risks? What are the sanctions risks? What about the fraud risks? Data privacy risks. Who owns it? And then, you know, it's pottery barn. If you break it, you buy it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good point. And it, it naturally makes you think about customer ownership. As a brand, you're bringing on end customers and users who are using the financial products you offer. But thinking about how that relationship is with the bank ultimately on the other end of it, how does that customer ownership work in terms of licensing? Yeah. So, depending on the product, might be a, good, a little bit in the weeds. Like when you are the program manager of prepaid credit cards, for example, the bank does have certain responsibilities of KYC, know your customer that they cannot abdicate. But as the program managers here, we take the heavy load, the heavy lifting of really developing the platforms to have the proper know your customer. We take the ownership on the customer to know to preserve his PII, the personal information that needs to be stored safely. So all these standards and all these different processes are taken on by us. And that also covers the bank. They know we're doing it. They know our policies. They examine us as well. They come in, they look at how we do it. So it builds a high level of trust with the bank that sponsors some of our products. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think an interesting thing that we can do here is kind of give an example and paint the picture of what would happen if a brand, non-financial company, however you want to call them, if they have a program that launches, for whatever reason, stops their relationship with the fintech that is powering the brand's program. How would that play out for the brand? Well, you have... I would say three scenarios, right? So first scenario, bank decides they're not going to sponsor that fintech anymore and they don't find an alternate bank. Let's put that's the worst case scenario. And then out there, you would have either the bank takes it up upon themselves to run the program, which is not very likely that they're going to do, or they're going to take the brand. Now it's on you. You have to build out all these structures, these compliance regulatory elements to 
carry on this program. And the most likely decision for the brands will be to wind it down. Of course, impacting their users and damaging the brand reputation. That's where it goes when you have these sort of situations. So that's why any brand needs to look for an embedded finance entity like Alvier, where we have the licenses, where we have the seasoned professionals that work in the compliance field that can really have strong relationship with our partner banks and can offer that safety net as a licensed entity as well. Got it. Nobody wants to wind down the program. They've spent time, resources, building, and, yes. and it's definitely not a good look for your end users' thoughts on the brand. There would be a reputational yeah. backlash, you know, but people are, people are very sensitive when it comes to financial products. Yeah. And with reason, right? It's their money. It's their information. They want that to be taken care of. So if they already have a good relationship with the brand, they trust it. Now the brand has come out and say, hey, I can offer you these services. Any embedded finance company behind it needs to go above and beyond in terms of the service we provide Besides the technical platform and the technical developers where the key component of that, you have to add this layer of compliance knowledge to make sure that it meets all the regulatory expectations, both at the state level and the federal level, because we do have regulation from the CFPB, we have regulations from FinCEN, and then as well, the third leg is when we work with banks, we need to have a very strong relationship with them. So those three elements need to be in place for the brand to be happy mm -hmm. and safe. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is it's complex and it demands a lot of attention on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to make sure that these nuts and bolts that are really keeping your program together are intact and well-oiled. It does. It's having good compliance programs take a lot of time and effort. It also takes they need to bring in good talent and talent in the compliance field is very competitive to get. And once you have it, then you have to season and mature the product as a program. And you need to really be cognizant of exactly what you're saying of the nuts and bolts that you need to have, where are the checkpoints, the toll gates in the process that we need to make sure are properly working for this to happen. So compliance beyond being a function specific, right? It's a silo like any other, in any other organization. It's also a culture. And I find that one of the great things about Alvier is its leadership. It stepped into a culture of compliance. They know it's a competitive edge and they actually work day to day to make sure that the right decisions are made. So they look at this sweet spot between the business the users, the regulators, it's like a Venn diagram. You've got to find that sweet spot where it's the right decision. And that's what compliance is all about. Yeah. So I'm going to pose a question to you that I always find interesting when I have guests on. Let's say that you look three to five years in the future when it comes to this category of embedded finance. Where do you see us in that time frame? And what are some trends that, that you think will come alive? Well, looking into the crystal ball three <laughs> to five years from now, we're going to pitch for Elvira. We're going to be a top player in the market. The talent is here. The technology is here. And the vision is here. So three to five years from now, I think the events are going to lead us to be 
a financial services platform embedded behind our users, but with more and more products than the traditional that we are starting with today. I do see it as an evolution and a learning curve of the brands as well when they're seeing that our model is successful. The moment they start running, as we do today, we run with payments, with some kind of vanilla products, if you want to put it that way, it's going to get more sophisticated in this space. And we, you will see brands offering really sophisticated financial products five years from now, and they're all going to be powered by Elvir as embedded finance. We're going to be the partner behind managing end-to-end the service and giving a delightful journey to their customers. Yeah. A lot of work ahead of us, but I can't wait. Yeah. Absolutely looking forward to the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I really wanted to cover today. Is there anything else that you wanted to leave the audience with? I would kind of reinforce the concept of compliance as a competitive advantage. It really needs to come out there to understand that the stronger your compliance program, the more you can do and the faster you can do. So I know in the startup space, it's what about break things exactly Mm -hmm. and go fast. The challenge when you work in a financial service industry is that breaking things may harm users. So we look at it differently. We've got to be very creative within the space and within the rules and regulations that we have to really come out with something delightful for the customer. So compliance always has to be a top of mind as we develop new products and businesses. Great. Yeah, that's a super important point. Jorgen, if anyone in the audience wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? They can contact me at my work email. It's jorgen.norgat at alvira.com. I'm in LinkedIn. Happy to answer or connect with anybody in the audience that may have any questions about embedded finance and the compliance programs around them. Great. Well, Jorgen, thanks again for your time. And that's all we have today, folks. And we'll see you back on the next episode of Embedding the Future of Finance. Embedding the Future of Finance is brought to you by Alvier, the leading embedded finance technology platform that allows the world's top brands to do more for their customers, fans, and employees. For more information, check us out at alvier.com and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter for the latest updates, guides, and more.